Many times we need to keep our health in check, but don't know what questions to ask or where to begin. We walk in blindly to our health care provider and walk out none the wiser and maybe even more confused than before. Can you take charge of your health and arm yourself with the questions and preparedness you need? The answer is yes. Welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. This program will answer your questions and give you the best practices for facing your medical partner in good health. Now, here's Dr. Susan Downs. Hi there. Welcome to Occupy Health. This is Dr. Susan. Boy, so a lot of things are going on. Viruses, 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 pandemic, economic challenges, possible economic depression. Interestingly, interestingly, WHO asked to censor any media that does not agree with their view. Do they have it right? Today we'll talk about COVID-19, better known as the SARS-CoV-2. Facebook is censoring sites on 5G. As I've said before, if our immune system is busy fighting the impact of 5G, uh, it weakens our immune system to deal with any new insults. There are over 20 studies showing that 5G weakens our immune system. And with the censorship, Congressman Schiff censored my film, The Big Secret. What the F is going on? Does who have the only answers? Or is it more important to build our individual immune systems? I believe we should take proactive action to do the best we can to be healthy rather than waiting on some system to do it for us. We might not like the way they want to do it. So talking about viruses, viruses have been with us since the beginning of time, living with us symbiotically. Virus species such as SARS, swine flu, N1N, the common flu, coronaviruses shift year to year, becoming more virulent. Populations getting bigger, traveling in close quarters, so there's more exposure. Maybe some of the reasons New York City is getting hit so hard is because people travel in subways. If that theory is correct, what's going on in Japan that subways are even more crowded? Just lots of questions. We as a host need to have a strong environment, such as a strong immune system, eating right, less polysaturated fats, the right kind of proteins, such as eggs, fish, collagen, and our guest today is an expert on collagen, eating grass-fed animals, more cooked vegetables, raw carrots for sustaining a good, healthy microbiome gut. And we've talked many times about the importance of the gut, and that's where I and many functional medicine experts believe health and our immune system start. Likewise, we need to cut down on the inflammatory foods such as breads, pasta, cooked flour, legumes, um, orange juice, and we need to increase fruits in season, drink quality water, carbonated mineral water. Uh, some people suggest reducing computers time because of the blue light that uh, interferes with our production of melatonin, but also the EMF that comes from them. Likewise, using healthy approaches to cell phone, uh, minimizing Wi-Fi usage, hook it up to the ethernet. My college classmate invented the ethernet so let's use what he invented we need to get plenty of outdoor sun for vitamin d which builds the immune system with also with the right amount of exercise plenty of sleep which is aided by turning off appliances computers wi-fi especially in the bedroom because if we get a healthy good night's sleep 
we might be able to, you know, have, you know, because that's when we detox. That's when we get rid of all the insults. So it's important that our sleep is undisturbed. And above all, our guests will say, we need to have a positive attitude. Anyway, our guest today is Dr. Bern Freelander. Bern Freelander has been with us before, and um, he, uh, let's see, oh, doggone it, hold on. And he uh, earned his doctorate of chiropractic from the Los Angeles College of Chiropractic. He's been involved in developing nutritional therapies since 1982. As a result of his therapeutic formulas, he pioneered the research and use of nutrition and free-form amino acids for improving athletic performance as a safe alternative to steroids. He's worked with many famous sports teams, and I believe even worked with the Dalai Lama. Quite impressive. During his career, he served as a nutritional and sports injury consultant for athletic members of track teams at UCLA, USC, Berkeley, Stanford, and many professional teams. He's worked with players from the Los Angeles Rams, Los Angeles Raiders, Los Angeles Clippers, Los Angeles Lakers, and the San Diego Chargers. In 1984, he served uh, as a chiropractor and nutritional consultant to numerous members of the U.S. Olympic track and field teams. Welcome, Dr. Freelander. Susan, thank you for having me. And hopefully we're all doing good and staying healthy, and that's all we can do. And like you said, I've been integrating uh, positive attitudes since I was working with athletes back in the 80s. And having them be positive about everything they do and then visualizing it as well. And not listening to negativity, which is what's happening today, and avoiding that because stress is the number one inflammatory indicator in our body. And that's how everything starts breaking down in our bodies with immunity, with gut, with health. Everything comes from inflammatory markers, and that leads to stress and isolation and all that. So we just need to be positive today. And, you know, I get so many calls and so many texts, and I did a, a video, live video on my Facebook about the viruses, and I tell people, you know, these viruses have been with us forever. We are symbiotically, like you said. I wrote about a paper many years ago on viruses and our symbiotic uh, genome of the gut, and viruses really is something that we are made of, you know. So we all have viruses every day. And luckily, if our immune system is working well, our innate and adaptive new, uh, immune system is working, then viruses cannot affect us or damage us. And that's what I want to talk about, what we can do. Um, I was on the phone and talking to a lot of immunologists, virologists who are really excited about the new venture of what they're doing in medicine, not using vaccines, but something in nature and natural medicine that can control these viruses in a non-invasive way. And as you know, species have evolved themselves. The SARS, the swine flu, H1N, common flu, coronaviruses, they ship Every year, their DNA and RNA gets stronger and becomes more virulent. So they're able to handle their survival much better every year because of the antibiotics and the vaccines we give to humans today. They know how to handle that 
and become even stronger. So we have to be ahead of the game. We have to be advanced of all this. And that's what I want to talk about. And, you know, um, you can't rely on vaccines because vaccines are made from DNA and RNA of animals. So the safety and effectiveness takes many years for that to happen. So we don't know how effective a vaccine is going to be. And I heard from several immunologists that it takes two to three years of the flu vaccine to even start working correctly. And yet you have all these endogens and all these additives that are used in vaccines like aluminum hydroxide, which causes neurological disorders and also causes autoimmune diseases. And I've seen in my practice since 1978 or 1981 working as a chiropractor and working with athletes as well as with autoimmune diseases that some of these related diseases are from vaccines. So we have to understand that, that some uh, effects are negative from the vaccine and some causes inflammatory conditions, which can lead to later on autoimmune diseases. And as you I would know, like to chime in here a little bit because of vaccines. Anybody that questions vaccines is censored anywhere. I mean, anybody that has a conversation about vaccines, they're censored by all the public around them as well. I think some people are saying that people who had the flu vaccine have like a 20 or 30 percent increased risk of contacting the COVID virus. I don't know the answer to it. And also the uh, vaccine courts, the companies in the UK and the US have been indemnified. So if there's any injuries, they pay nothing. And the US taxpayers have paid over $4 billion for whatever vaccine related injuries are called. And they're trying to get out of that. So you're saying the vaccines that everybody is clamoring for that thinks going to solve this whole thing is not the answer? No, I'm not saying it's not the answer. I think some people will, but you know that only 19% of the flu vaccine several years ago, 2017 to 2018, was effective in handling the flu? Only 19%. And some others had issues. I, I see patients like with Parkinson's, MS, and POTS, and arthritis, and autoimmune disease, and I asked the patient, have you received vaccines recently? And several of them were nurses, which required the hepatitis vaccine, the herpes vaccine, and the HPV vaccine. And all of them had an autoimmune disorder related to the vaccine later on in life. Now, I'm not saying we're not going to find a good vaccine. It takes time, and we can't experiment on people to find out if it works or not. I think. What we need to do, and I always have said this in all my life, 40, 50 years of practicing, is build our own immunity to handle this. We are symbiotically living with uh, viruses every day. We get contacts from food, from water, from handling. Uh, It's there, and it's always upon us that we need a strong immunity, and the host, meaning us, has to take over and handle the problem. And I think that's where we need to go, is realizing that we have to be healthy to combat this problem. The COVID virus is killing people that are certain groups, seniors that have cardiovascular diseases, high blood pressure because of the angiotensin factor, 
that uh, viruses have an affinity to attach themselves to these ACE, um, you know, um, receptors, angiotensin receptors, yeah. right? And ACE2 receptors. Uh, ACE2 is the only way we can combat against the attachment of the viruses. So, uh, lorsartan is a natural medication that doctors can prescribe that protects us against high, high blood pressure, and it also protects us against uh, viruses. So it does lower systolic and diastolic pressure, Lorsartan. And, you know, uh, people that are uh, diabetic, people that are obese, and smokers, those are the ones that are getting hit hardest. And uh, you see more patients with that condition dying in hospitals. And I spoke with quite a few EMR, you know, uh, physicians, like uh, emergency care physicians who work in New York and all over Los Angeles and uh, Northern California, and they are seeing those type of patients coming in with that problem. And they're not even sure if it's COVID-19. It could be a flu. It could be any time because the flu season happens between October, November, and it ends around the beginning of April when we start getting sunlight and we're exposing ourselves outdoors more often and we're getting vitamin D, which is an anti-inflammatory and immune-boosting uh, nutrient. So as the sun comes out and we're exposing ourselves more to beaches and outdoor activity, flus and colds and viruses are not going to linger around there and we're not going to be susceptible to receiving these things. So it is common that we're all going to get between October and November, when the sun goes down and light goes down and daylight is less daylight and more uh, evening, we're going to see more conditions of flus and corona and all that. And the corona is just versions of different shifting of these uh, viruses that take place uh, in the human body. And the defense mechanism that, like vaccines or antibiotics, they seem to be able to handle that and become more effective, more virulent to those things. So that's why they become more aggressive. And a also, couple of questions. I didn't realize this. A couple yes. of questions. If the viruses keep shifting, then the flu vaccine might be a little bit behind the times and not have adapted to the new version, correct? And another thought is, another thing that might help prevent the virus from attaching to the ACE receptors is something called andrographis, is what I've heard. Yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, anti, any and anti-serotonin uh, factors also help because estrogen and serotonin and histamine are, uh, are inflammatory markers, and they're required in the body to... Uh, um, to damage our immune system, but also be more effective for viruses to accumulate and get into our cells. And another thing is, you know, if we stop smoking and stop drinking so much alcohol consumption, which is also another problem with uh, human society, is that these things also weaken our immune system. And another so another comment. Another comment is: I read in one place that seniors with an ailment are the highest risk factor, but the second most vulnerable group is young people who are obese. And also, I suspect the young people that are having problems with the virus, their immune system is down. They're probably eating junk food, swimming in Wi-Fi, 
inhaling glyphosate. So, you know, the, the, the second most vulnerable group is the young obese group. I agree. I agree. I think that's the big problem in Europe, you know, where you see less obesity and you see healthier people sometimes. But the problem, you know, when I was studying this virus and where it was hitting the hardest, I noticed that in Italy and Spain and France, the consumption of smoke, uh, smoking is very high in, uh, in alcohol as well. And I noticed more deaths in those countries where they smoke a lot. And also, there's a link between 5G and, and those areas that they're finding that the 5G has totally caused inflammatory conditions in our cells, which also uh, lowers our immunity. And that's I would like to chime in. To I would like to chime in on this. There's several studies that show 5G weakens the immunity. I mean, it's known that EMF interferes with cells communicating with each other. It, like glyphosate, opens up the blood-brain barrier, so all sorts of nasty things can get into our brain. It opens up the gut barrier, which is where health and you know starts. And glyphosate's even worse. It, it interferes with our detoxification pathways and ability to make tertiary amines such as dopamine and serotonin, et cetera. So 5G, but unfortunately, anybody that says 5G is connected to uh, the outcomes in the coronavirus, they're censored. Facebook's taking yeah, it off. I know that. Well, there's a link that we know that 5G can lower immune system. That doesn't mean it makes the coronavirus come in or a stronger or anything, but you're lowering Agreed. the immune system. And what is that doing? That's, that's affecting your life right there. And the other thing that uh, uh, these frequencies do, they actually, like you said, they uh, increase uh, the blood-brain barrier in releasing serotonin into the brain, which causes depression, anxiety disorder, mood disorders. All kinds of things are occurring because of this. And we don't know, you know, uh, there's a lot of scientific papers from Europe, coming from Europe, England, Sweden, Denmark, Italy, Spain, all of them showing that somehow these 5Gs are going to be harmful. So yes, we need 5G, to 5G, can, 5G can resonate at the rate of our DNA. So that's got to be a recipe for disaster. Also, I've told by several people, the military has studied which frequencies can give which diseases. I think 90 whatever hertz is connected with lymphoma or something. But I mean, and also with 5G that people might not be aware, they'd be able to surveil you everywhere. You're in a bunker somewhere, they can still track you. If one beam of light can get in, it's going to track everything we do. Smart homes will just make it easier. Exactly. I have a friend, I don't want to mention his name, he's a CIA agent, and we were discussing this whole thing a month ago, and the 5G if you put it and sold it in your bedroom or your home, they have a way to see everything what's going on and control the mindset. You know, it's uh, subliminal programming that was done back in the 70s and 80s when I was working at Stanford with Glenn Ryan and Bill Tiller. How subliminal programming has been used by the Army and military, both Russian and, and U.S. So it's there. It's The potential is there. I'm not, you know, saying we... It, you know, we have to avoid it, but we have to do something about it to protect ourselves. And, you know, uh, there's so much evidence shown that in animal studies that it is causing some form of cancers. And the ones that I worry with is the young kids, the uh, 
you know, the 5 to 18 years old who are inundated with computers and cell phone and texting, their mindset is not, I don't know what's going to happen to them when they're 30, 40, 50 years old. And, um, you know, they're more likely to, you know, have neurological issues, autoimmune diseases. And the rise of autoimmune disease has doubled in the last few, uh, last 10, 15 years because of the exposure to the Wi-Fi and cell phones, not only just 5G, but 4G as well. The exposure, the time exposure and all that, destroying our own neurological uh, sympathetic, parasympathetic systems and affecting us. So we need to be aware of this. So limit our time is what I'm saying. Don't spend the whole day with Wi-Fi or computers or cell phones. Give yourself 40 minutes every day and then take some time off, get out in the sun, do some physical activity, walk, but don't be sitting in front of a computer and working all day long because a lot of the patients I've seen in my practice and I see today have uh, mental issues because of that. They're not processing right. They, uh, you know, I get people in their 30s and 40s who have short-term memory problems. They don't remember what happened last week or the, a day before or whatever. And these are 40-year-old people. And that has to be because of their work in front of the computers. Well, so it, could be just the whole, it could be just the whole to <coughs> toxic soup that... <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. It could be the whole toxic soup that we're exposed to. For example, some studies say the age of ma maximum health is now 27, and now after that it goes downhill. It used to be, I don't know, 50 or 60. I mean, there's such a mushrooming of ADHD, attention deficit disorder, that they're connecting to various toxins in the environment. Uh, you know, one-sixth of the kids have some developmental issue. I mean, the, the kids are being they're obese, diabetes. I mean, the disease for the younger folks, it's rapidly increased, in my theory, is due to the toxic soup, including 5G, including genetically modified foods, including the glyphosate, and including all the other toxins, the crap they put on their face and the stuff they put on their bodies to stink. That all goes into the body, and it's a big toxic soup. I don't think 5G is the only cause, but it's going to make yeah. everything far worse, as the glyphosate does as well. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's also the consumption of foods we eat today. I think today, you know, the McDonald's and the Burger Kings and the taco cells, you know, um, we're eating foods that we're not used to. And genetically, our DNA and RNA in our system has developed 100,000 years ago, 200,000 years ago. And what did we eat then? We ate plants, roots. Uh, wild game, and we hunted a lot, but we also consumed less food. We weren't consuming chips and cookies and bread. That's not part of our diet. I studied at, a long time ago with uh, anthropo, uh, and what is it called? Anthropology, uh, uh, not anthro, it's a guy, a uh, fellow out of UCLA. His name was Anthro, uh, uh, we call him Anthro because that was his big background, was that. The industry, 3,000 years ago, when the Egyptians started developing, you know, grain, that we saw a rise of bone uh, cancer and diabetes and obesity and tooth decay. And before that, they studied bones from uh, humans, and they found that there was less 
noticeable uh, diabetes or heart disease or cancer, almost none, before the age of the, um, you know, agricultural and uh, the farming and all that. So we know that the consumption of grains started increasing these diseases because our body wasn't designed to, to break those down and consume them. We were more of a plant and a vegetarian with animal, such as wild game and fish and roots and berries. But even nuts were not good for you because of the high polyunsaturated and the high level of phosphorus to calcium. And that's another problem we have today. The consumption of phosphorus food has increased dramatically. And now we see uh, damage in our bones, in our cartilage, and cancer and heart disease. Diabetes, obesity is due to these things because calcium helps to break, uh, helps with uh, metabolism, weight loss, bone density. It uh, supports a gene called GLOTHO, K L O T H O, which is an anti aging gene that is, that is controlled by the kidney, that handles all the kidney uh, functions and bone functions and helps with longevity, and that is controlled by vitamin D, vitamin K, and calcium. And when we're declining and we're seeing deficiencies in these foods and these vitamins, we're seeing an increase in aging and cancer and heart disease and diabetes. And we need to look at these foods and stop eating high-phosphorus foods and increase our consumption of calcium. And we can get that with deep uh, green, cooked green leafy vegetables. We can get that from cheeses and eggs and milk. And most people are now getting away from those things, those things that we consume for a long period of time in our nature. We need to bring back those type of foods and go back to organic. You said something very important about glycophase. Is the uh, round uh, up thing is we don't know what is doing it to the human body. We know it's some of the good bacteria and causing leaky gut syndrome and inflammation is increased in our gut because of that. But also, our first line of defense in the gut is the mucus and the cilia in the lungs. And people with, uh, that have problems developing good mucus in our lungs, they're more conducive to getting the COVID virus because they attach to some to these cell membranes, with, and we, the only protection is we have these mucus, the surfactants that protect us from these viruses from adapting and, and going into the cell. And vitamin A helps with that as well because vitamin A supports the cell membrane, which prevents the uh, uh, nucleic acid of the viruses from penetrating into the host of the cell. So those are important things. We need to go back to nature, eat right foods. We need to cook our vegetables, our broccoli, our cauliflower, and eat raw carrots for its uh, effect on the microbiome of the gut. It increases the uh, good bacteria. And we need to stop eating legumes and flowers and breads and pastas and start eating more natural things. And I think that's important in our survival. So what other advice, so, you know, we've got a lot of, I mean, you know, there are a lot of negative messages out there, and it seems to be that the whole country's in fear. Why do you think that everybody's so afraid? 
I mean, I know the virus spreads quickly mm-hmm. and I know people can go downhill quickly. But other than that, I mean, people are terrified. Well, it's a, why is the message so negative? Well, you look at Ionis out of um, Stanford and Dr. Wolfgang Goodart and you look at Judy Mekovitz and Dr. Shiva and Dr. Batar. Yes, there's a lot of negativity to it rather than what we should have done instead of isolation. We should have uh, taught the public how to improve their immune system, how to protect the host from allowing the bacteria or the viruses from getting in. And that's not mentioned out there. We're not talking about good health, uh, getting sunlight, um, getting good food, organic vegetables, uh, eating uh, pasture-raised eggs and pasture-raised meat, and grass-fed foods are important. We're not talking about that. We're talking about separating each other from, uh, from each other and isolating each other, which is an inflammatory condition because you're causing stress. You can't go out and do your things. You can't, people losing jobs because of this. Uh, you know, so now the economic uh, stress comes in. So we're stressed out because of that. So we're lowering our immune system by doing everything they're telling us instead of being isolating only those who are more conducive to receiving the virus and getting, uh, you know, seriously ill from it. The seniors, you know, telling them with, if you have heart condition, if you have high blood pressure, if you're obese, you're a smoker, um, you have diabetes. We want you to stay inside 14 to 21 days and be aware of it and start taking vitamin D, start taking vitamin A, selenium, zinc, vitamin C, and eat good diet and get sunlight. As you see in Sweden, they've done that. They did not isolate people from going out. They still kept the restaurants open and stores, but they did tell the seniors, those who are more susceptible to this condition, to this virus, to t- stay home. And look what happens. They have the lowest rate of deaths of anybody in the world is Sweden, and because they've done it right. They're educating the public, and we need to start educating the public, too. And, and letting them know that it is dietary, it is stress that's causing this, it's being in front of the computer 90% of your day and not enjoying life like we used to. As a kid, we used to go out and play soccer, kickball. Uh, we were always out there until our mother called us for dinner, and that was almost where there was no more sunlight left. It was already dark, and we went in. And that was our lifestyle, and I didn't see them at that many effects of viruses or flus or uh, mood problems, depression, anxiety, ADD, autism. I did not see that in my days. It's only happening now. In the 80s and on is when I started seeing this appearing in our, you know, culture. And there's got to be a change that's happening in our, you know, in our nature, in our environment, in our lifestyle. We need to get back to nature. We haven't done that. We're becoming an industry of greed and power, and we want to have the best car. We want to have more than one car when we don't need more than one car. We already have population overblown. We have traffic jams, and that's what's causing problems. And the confinement of the public, you know, we're confined now because there's more people traveling on the airline. So we are 
picking up more viruses, and we are introducing it to other states, other countries, other cities because of that. And we're confining our food, and and we're you know we're not getting out in space and nature, and that's been a big problem today. And I think we need to look at and what I'm going to ask people to start thinking about it is what's going to happen in October, November, uh, November, December when the next flu season comes in 2020 and 2021. What are we going to do to protect ourselves? I mean, a vaccine is not going to be ready by then. It takes 12 to 18 months to see its safety is there, and it doesn't harm us. So we have to start thinking today, what are we going to do to avoid this from ever happening again? There's going to be plagues like this coming all the time, the next plague, the next plague. But we're going to have to start sitting down as a group, as a nation, as people, and start thinking about this and avoiding greed and get away from greed and stress, and and start becoming a unified world of people that have likeness and consciousness and want to do something for each other and support the climate and support our, you know, uh, environment and support our agricultural industry. We're getting away from all that, and we're becoming a technical comp- uh, world uh, of computers and technology. And that's not going to be good, not not for the future. We're beautifully more- said, Bern, beautifully said. Now, one thing you can do if you think you've got some itchy scratches in your throat is something called HOCL. You can spray that in there, and it might clean out some various viruses. Um, and uh, what do you say about the theory that this uh, virus is more like altitude sickness. There was a uh, physicians in New York City emergency room that was going on and on. This this is not a normal pulmonary disease. You put on a ventilator, it could make it worse. They're drowning in their own fluids. So this is not like a normal pulmonary uh, breathing issue. What do you think about that? You know, exactly. There's a couple of hospitals in Germany. Uh, Luciano Gattino is an MD, and he reported, I heard from Ray Pete talk about this, and he text, he emailed me about that there's hospitals in Germany that actually probably don't use any ventilators, and they're having zero mortality where there's hospitals in Germany that are using ventilators, and they're having uh, 60% mortality because they're putting too much oxygen into the lungs. And what happens to CO2? CO2 is our main defense against every disease we know of. Carbon dioxide and carbonic acid are the main substances that are basic for mitochondrial function, ATP, CO2, and carbonic acid, and makes NAD+. And CO2 and, and high altitude is essential for increasing uh, CO2 levels because it is a potent anti-inflammatory, antioxidant. It's very important to have CO2, but if we displace it with oxygen and there is no CO2, that's what's happening to lung patients. They're dying because of that, and we need a little CO2 with it. We can't just have totally only oxygen. That doesn't work. And so that's why they're saying they're seeing things like high-altitude sickness because we're seeing more O2 than CO2 levels in patients. 
And people who are sick basically have a higher level of lactic acid. And Otto Warburg said, in, uh, who won three Nobel Prize, that, you know, it's not oxygen that we're lacking in metabolism uh, or respiration of the cell. It's the ability of oxygen to break down glucose for energy, oxidation of glucose. And it goes through a different method of respiratory chain, and it goes through a oxidation of free fatty acids. So it starts using free fatty acid synthesis to break down into energy, and that produces lactic acid. And lactic acid leads to all inflammatory diseases. Uh, cancer is one of the common denominators, lactic acid. So one of the simplest things, there's a book called Carbonic Acid in Medicine in 1905 by Dr. Achilles Rose, and Ray Pete talks about that too. And I read his book many, many years ago, and I started looking at it again that it is carbonic acid, CO2, that is the critical part in longevity and health and avoiding disease and cancer. And they were using CO2, they were using carbonic acid, injecting in the 1900s in tumor cells where they're bursting tumor, tumors, cancers. And we, when I was working with athletes, one of the things we did, we, we mimicked uh, CO2 high-altitude training with uh, devices we use to increase CO2 so that athletes can perform better. And when we went in the 68 uh, Olympics in Mexico City, the high altitude, we had to train athletes in that high altitude. And I remember the athletes I, I ran track with, three of them made the Olympic team. Um, and they were training in high altitude to get ready for these uh, Mexican, uh, Mexico City uh, Olympics in 1968. So we need to increase CO2 levels, no doubt about it. That's the secret, and that's why ventilators are not working or helping people recover from these flus. And a lot well, of people and now, like you said, Susan, you're right. They don't think it's a complete COVID uh, coronavirus. They think it's also part of an influenza flu that's happening. Well, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I forgot my question. Anyway, yeah. Uh, some people say that this is... Oh, one thing is wearing a mask. I've got to wear a mask to work, obviously. Um, does that... I mean, it's hard to breathe through those. So does that increase your CO2 because it's a little bit more difficult mm -hmm. to breathe in the mask? No, uh, the actually I cannot wear a mask. It, it makes I can't breathe well in there. Plus, from the experts, virologists. These are from Stanford, from UC Berkeley, from UCSF. I know a virologist there too, and from Cornell University and from uh, uh, Stony Brook. That mask doesn't uh, doesn't help. It doesn't uh, protect us. Um, they're saying that, you know, sneezing, you know, every time you sneeze, this is something I, I, I learned and studied. When you, if you're outdoors and you're sneezing and you, and you don't have the cold or flu, you are picking up the RNA and DNA of that person, of, of hundreds of years or many years of their RNA, DNA is picked up by somebody else through someone sneezing. So you're already contaminating your body on a regular basis throughout the year. 
So you can be sneezing because of an allergen, right, uh, with pollen and all that. You are picking up every single bacteria, virus, RNA, and DNA structure of that person. It's scary, but that's what's happening. So if you sneeze in the mask, that might be a protection we have, but it's not going to protect us against the COVID uh, virus, from what I've heard. And Judy Mekovitz, um, um, you know, who worked for uh, Fort Detrick CDC and was the um, employee of Dr. Fauci, she says the same thing that my friend at Stanford says, that masks do not protect us against this virus. Well, it's tell me more to, about Mikovitz. Tell me more about Mikovitz, because she worked heavily with retroviruses, which could be in vaccines and could be very problematic. Tell me what happened to her when they didn't like what she found. Well, I think a lot of it also, I had a friend of mine who worked at CDC uh, many, many years ago, was a patient of mine, came over. Uh, when I was working at uh, in Los Angeles with the athletes, and he was very prominent there. He was, uh, you know, they were working, uh, what I understood and heard that vaccines, manufactured vaccines, first of all, you have to have a very clean environment to work with vaccines. You cannot allow any single vaccine or viruses to spread, to, uh, you know, to be, uh, it's very contagious, first of all. So you need a very sophisticated clean room technology. You have to wear gloves and suits and masks and you have to breathe oxygen and CO2. So any exposure to these uh, uh, laboratories, all you need is one person contaminated and goes outside the lab and it spreads or if it spreads by animals. So I think what uh, Judy says that, you know, vaccines were not really geared to safetyness yet. You know, we don't have the safetyness of a vaccine to know if it's going to work or not. We don't know, like, uh, I just know that I read reports that in, in Africa, kids that were vaccinated, some of the uh, 400,000 either died or were paralyzed from vaccines. I don't want to mention the person who, uh, uh, you know, stimulated this vaccine program, but people know who it is. And Judy says vaccines are not safe, first of all. We don't have the data, we don't have the protection, and we don't know what it does in our body because the antigen and aluminum hydroxide, which is used in flu, and that used to be mercury, thymerosol. My friend, Dr. Robert, I don't want to mention his last name, he was the manufacturer of all the typhoid, MMMR, and flu vaccines, and we argued that flu vaccines have antigens that can cause reaction, can cause autoimmune diseases, can cause inflammation. And he, he finally convi- uh, said, yes, that's true. It will do that. So I think, we, I think Judy is in the mindset that we have to develop a strong immunity. We have to eat the right foods, be organic, increase our lifestyle, be outdoors, be in nature, uh, just clean our hands more often. Uh, you know, be aware of each other, and when we sneeze, be aware of where we are, who we are. Cover our uh, with a handkerchief or something, with your shirts or whatever. I think she's right. I think vaccines. But didn't she go to answer. jail for five years for saying what she thought well, yeah. was right? Yes, she was against uh, Dr. Fauci. And you go to jail for five years for questioning Dr. Fauci. By the way, they're nominating him for the sexiest man of the year. I'd like to see the centerfold for that. 
I don't think he is. I think uh, I, I, when listening to him, and he has not offered one advice in how to protect ourselves. Now, one advice came out by not using government stimulus like uh, vaccines. And, you know, the, the, you, you're seeing a lot of money being made by pharmaceutical companies, which is good. I don't, I'm not against that. But education is more important than developing vaccines or pharmaceutical scare. And I don't like the governors or any of the states that are using scare tactics to isolate us because that fear mechanism is what's going to cause more autoimmune disease, more inflammation, more obesity, more diabetes, more cardiovascular disease because the stress that is putting on an individual with economic stress, isolation stress, and all that is bigger than the, vac- uh, the virus itself. I would like to ask a question. So some people are saying that the virus is connected with a problem with hemoglobin, therefore, say, chloroquinane, uh, you know, can help because, and especially with zinc, because zinc opens the portal for the, uh, I mean, hydrochlorine, chloroquine, opens the portal for zinc to go in and destroy the replication process of the virus. What do you think about that? It does have some effect. Let me share with that. Hydroxychloroquinone has some effect on killing, but it also can cause mutation of cancer cells. It damages our DNA and RNA. That's the problem I have. Um, we're doing a, a friend of mine, Dr. John McMichael, who I've known since 1990, how I met him, I was involved in a, I was doing a research on cancer with Stanford, with Glenn Ryan. And we, we published a paper on frequency and cancer based on Royal Rife uh, um, um, frequencies and based on a lot of genetic changes that go on in cancer and oxidative damage. So we published the paper and we got accepted to the International Study of Subtle Energy at Boulder, Colorado. And the moderator of the group was a medical doctor who moderated the whole conference. And he and I had dinner together. He was so uh, interested in my work with cancer. And he says, you know, I want to share something. I had cancer uh, and I, I met this immunologist, virologist, through another medical doctor and taking his drops, I was able to reverse my cancer with nothing else other than changes lifestyle and dietary. I asked this moderator to connect me with this immunologist and this immunologist, John McMichael, who I've known since 1990, has developed patents and his company's called Beach Tree, Beach Tree Labs or Millhouse Laboratories and one of the compounds that I'm excited that is going through a 40-patient clinical study, which is underway now in Memphis, doing 20 with the virus and 20, uh, tw- uh, 40 people with viruses, 20 are going to receive as uh, TML drops, and 20 are going to receive placebo. Before that, they did a 20-patient uh, COVID-9 infected patients with his drops, within 48 hours, all the symptoms were gone. All the symptoms were gone, and they were back to work, to function. And I think something like that, which is a, a non-invasive against influenza, herpes, all viruses, I think will be the, I think 
should be the future of what we want to see in our health, given by doctors everywhere, all over the world, using something like that, these drops. Where now, I some think, people find that hyperbaric, I mean, I think Brownstein's mentioned that he's had 100% <clears throat> cure rate. We use, and he, one of the things he uses is hyperbaric oxygen. Robert Rowan claims, like along with the Ebola virus, that he can help cure people, help uh, cure the symptoms of the COVID-19 virus using ozone. So there, and some people even said you put the patients upside down and that helps. Uh, so... As, uh, there are a lot of other approaches. Vi IV vitamin C has been used in China and in New York City. Uh, so there's a lot of other approaches should we start worrying about getting sick that we can turn to. I agree with you. You know, um, my, my concern is I think hyperbaric chamber we use more for the healing aspects of athletes back in the old days where we wanted to heal them faster. But the problem with hyperbaric chamber is that so much oxygen is being put in there. If they start using CO2 carbogen with hyperbaric chamber, I think you have the answer to almost everything out there. And recovery, spinal cord injuries, everything. And that's the thing that I want to see more of the hyperbaric chamber is the use of CO2 carbogen included with hyperbaric chamber. You're going to see much better results. The other thing, ozone, all that have antimicrobial, anti uh, viral mechanisms, yes, so does vitamin C. And vitamin C also helps with sepsis, you know, and so does, um, you know, immunology. You know, I had quite a few patients. I met a, a, a scientist a, um, um, from UCSF many years ago in 1978, 75, 76, 78, when I was a physical therapist, and he taught me something very important. He was a biologist, nutritionist, who studied nutrition in humans, and he told me to use vitamin A and vitamin D, 50,000 vitamin D, 100,000 to a million vitamin A in all your viral, viral influenza, pneumonia, anything. So I started uh, practicing what he taught me, and I started giving patients 50,000 to 100,000, 200,000 vitamin D, vitamin A, for three full days straight, and I've seen their symptoms in all influenza, all other forms of uh, flu-like symptoms go away immediately. So something like that is very effective. And <clears throat> the use of vitamin D, A, K, magnesium, calcium, collagen for bone density. Where can you get uh, collagen to improve bone density, which is where the manufacture of all your white blood cells and red blood cells are manufactured at. So all of that works. UltraBlend is the, I, I studied in the 1990s with doctors and I was working with, stamp, uh, with um, immunologists at, in Japan at the University of Tokyo. And one thing I learned, they got me into using a uh, probiotic of Bacillus subtilis and Bifidus longum. And it, they taught me that these two things have antibiotic, support immune function, but also has antiviral, antibacterial, antihistamine, anti-nitric oxide, anti-serotonin function. And now they wrote a paper many years ago that I put in my product called UltraBlend, which is a product that I use in my practice and with physicians that supports the immunity, but also reverses uh, depression, anxiety disorder, 
because it doesn't allow uh, it to penetrate through the blood-brain barrier, the serotonin that causes the depression. It doesn't allow. It builds the uh, the gut, but also the blood-brain barrier. So that's important. Uh, we've got three minutes left, Burns. So I want you to get your most impactful messages, which I'm sure include positive attitude, getting out in the sun, taking care of ourselves, eating healthy, eating organic. Uh, minimizing exposure to toxins such as 5G, EMF, uh, use uh, Ethernet rather than um, Wi-Fi if possible. So uh, your final uh, pep talk and recommendations for our audience? Yes. Okay. We have, we have natural nutrients available to us through foods. So avoiding eating right, meaning avoiding polyunsaturated oils of all types, Avoiding high foods that have phosphorus levels to, uh, and, and low calcium is avoiding those things, which are mostly in our food, in our grains, in our pastas, in our breads, in our nuts. Uh, eating more fruits and vegetables, cooking our vegetables, eating raw carrots, getting out in the sun, taking vitamin D, vitamin A during these periods of time. Uh, uh, consuming uh, probiotics such as UltraBlend, which we're doing a study with the Ministry of Health in, in Australia, where we're sending, uh, we're donating a thousand bottles to them for these clinical studies, and we're getting results with them. Uh, consuming collagen is a, one of the primary proteins because it's devoid of cysteine, methionine, and tryptophan, which causes mTOR pathways, which lead to cancer and other diseases of aging. So eating uh, good quality protein is important. And consuming orange juice, uh, citrus, um, avoiding, you know, um, pork and all these meats. But if it's grass-fed, occasionally having that. And knowing that organic is better than non-organic and consuming the right foods is more important. And avoiding the fast food chains. We have to do that. But number one is sleep. You've got to get seven to nine hours of deep sleep, not REM okay. sleep. Cla- uh, sleep. We're coming to an end now, and sleep is so important because that's when we detox all the nasties we're exposed to. And if our sleep is not good, we don't detox, which compounds the problems. So there you have it, folks. Right. Do your own research. Be proactive in your health. Share the information on health with your colleagues and your physician. Work with your physician because if we can't question what who is WHO is telling us, uh, you know, information might be harder to get. So do your research and share it with everybody. And above all, be well. Thank you for listening. Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to better health for you this week.